Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. Intimacy happens from the inside out, not the outside in. Okay, the more morally depraved a society becomes, the more outwardly focused they have to become because they don't have anything to go to inwardly. And so in our society, because we have become a very morally depraved society, the more that happens, the more we focus on the outside rather than the inside, believing if everything on the outside is right, I'm going to experience everything I'm looking for. It's exactly the opposite. If everything on the inside is right, I'm going to experience what I want. And so you're going to hear me in this message talk about the issue of inhibitors, but you're also going to hear me talk about ethics. Every time I mention an inhibitor of intimacy, I'm going to talk about an ethic of intimacy. Because ethics, the word ethic means a system of principles governing morality and acceptable conduct. In other words, when Karen and I act in our marriage, it's based on the the ethic of our marriage. There's just an ethos in your marriage, whether you realize it or not, that allows and disallows, that causes certain things to happen and keeps certain things from happening. So when Karen and I got married, we had no intimacy. I mean, we had sex, but we had no intimacy. Again, because it wasn't going to happen from the outside in the way I thought it was going to. It was going to happen from the inside out. When we began to change on the inside, when God began to change us on the inside, that is when we began to experience the, the intimacy that we have today. Now, number one inhibitor of intimacy is distraction. The law of priority says, Genesis 2.24, for this cause a man shall leave his father and mother. Marriage has to be first. It only works in first place in real terms. It has to come before your children. Your children are precious. Your marriage has to come before your children. It has to come before your work. It has to come before your friends. It has to come before anything else. Our marriage was healed when I hung my golf clubs up. And I stopped playing golf, and I made my marriage first again. And so marriage has to be first. And there are two ways that we get distracted. One is the stresses of life. Okay, the stresses means children, work, busyness, things like that. And that's why traditions and disciplines are critical in our marriage, because it's not what you can make happen, it's what you can keep happening. Do you have a date night every week? Do you have time alone? Do you have time to talk every day? Do do you have disciplines and traditions that keep the right things happening? And they're inviolable. No one's getting this time. No one's getting this time. No one's getting this energy. My spouse deserves the best of my life, of my time, energy, everything in my life. And so I'm going to protect this for you. The stresses that come on us can cause us to become distracted. And you can't be intimate with a person who's not paying attention. And they're, and they're not focused, okay? But the other one, the other type of distraction is me turning my heart away in response to frustration or pain. And this is the most dangerous one. Hebrews 13 says, marriage is honorable among, among, among all and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And the context here is being frustrated with your spouse and beginning to covet other people's spouses and other, other people. But by the way, when the Bible tells us not to covet, uh, in the Old Testament it says don't cover your, covet your neighbor's wife. 
coveting, coveting is, is referenced to people. And what, the, what God is saying here is you may get frustrated with your spouse. I get frustrated with you. Your spouse may be imperfect. You're imperfect. But I've said to you, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll never physically leave you, and I'll never turn your, my heart away. God has promised all of us, in spite of all of our issues, he will never turn his heart away from us. There'll never be a moment in your eternity that God will ever stop paying attention to you and caring about you. Is that good news, anybody? And, and, okay. So, affairs happen when you turn your heart away. Affairs begin on the inside. Karen and I were on Dennis Rainey's radio program um, years ago, and Dennis was interviewing us, um, and he was talking about the early days of our relationship, and Dennis said to Karen, um, when Jimmy was being such a jerk earlier in your marriage, were you ever tempted to have an affair? And, uh, and I was interested in the answer. I mean, I'd never, you know, I thought, well, okay, sister, get honest here. And uh, here's what Karen said. I wouldn't let my heart go there. And this is truth. And because of that, she was fighting for our marriage when I was being a jerk. The most, see, the most important thing in the ethic here is faithfulness. Not just on the outside, on the inside. I'm, I am going to be faithful to you, and when I'm frustrated at you, and when I'm angry, and when things are going bad, I'm not going to turn my heart away to my friends. I'm not going to turn my heart away to sports. I'm not going to turn my heart away to the children. I'm not going to turn my heart away to, to anything else, not another person. In the worst days of our marriage, I'll keep my heart focused on you. Number two inhibitor of intimacy is unresolved conflict. Big, big, big deal is not being able to deal with your issues. Ephesians 4, be angry, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Intimacy is an act of goodwill. Intimacy, the, the fact that you're being able to be intimate means that you're, you've dealt with the issues in your relationship. And here's the four points of Ephesians 4 related to anger. Number one, don't deny your anger. God gets angry. There's nothing wrong with being angry. The second thing it says is don't sin. Be angry, but don't sin. Don't hit, don't yell, don't cuss, don't, don't do, and then tell your spouse, well, you may be mad, and that's the reason I did that. You, go ahead and be angry. There's nothing wrong with anger. I mean, we all get angry, but just don't sin. Don't justify bad behavior. The third thing it says is don't go to bed on that anger. Process it today. Today's anger is very manageable. Today's anger is, there's nothing wrong with today's anger. Yesterday's anger is very dangerous anger because now it's, it's being fermented. It's toxic because here's the fourth thing it says. Don't give the devil an opportunity. And the word devil there is the word diabolos. It means slanderer. When you go to bed on anger, the devil will interpret your spouse to you and slander him in the process. You know, you're laying back to back, not breathing, because you don't want to give your spouse the benefit that you're alive. And, 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 and all these thoughts are going through your head. You just had a fight, and all these thoughts are going through your head and, and all that kind of stuff. And and all, this thing begins to play out in your mind. See, you go, you go to bed on that often enough and you wake up. Say, here's what I want to say this another way. If you are in the habit of going to bed on your anger, you have been counseled by the devil and you don't even know it. I promise. Be angry. Don't sin. Don't go to bed on your anger. You'll give a foothold to Diabolos. And Diabolos will get in there and convince you 
that you married the wrong person, that this person will never be right for you, that your soulmate is out there waiting for you and you, you just you know, married the wrong person. All those things are true. And so the, the ethic of unresolved conflict is honesty is an atmosphere of honesty where you give each other the right to complain. See, when, when people come in for marriage counseling, a lot of times what we hear is, I could never say this to them. They would go ballistic. I mean, when I was just really messed up as a young man, I remember coming to Karen and I thought, Karen's my best friend and I'm gonna tell her that I'm struggling in this area. And I remember coming to Karen and, and saying to her, I just want you to know this and this and this. And Karen never went, oh, you, oh, that's just awful. Shame on you. And, oh, don't you ever tell me anything like that again. You're sick. And uh, <laughs> I would come to Karen, and I would, you know, confess something to her or share something with her and things like that. And she'd say, okay, thank you for being honest with me. And, and then we would talk. And because she was so approachable and she didn't shame me and react to me, I felt safe around Karen. And so an atmosphere of honesty just says, please tell me. And, and I, even if I don't agree, I'll, I'll respect you and I'll listen. And when you make a decision, the, the, the ethic of honesty says we're not going to hide stuff. And we're not going to make each other pay a price for being honest. We're going to have an honest relationship here. Everything good happens in the light. Everything bad happens in the darkness. And if you don't let your spouse be honest, it doesn't mean there aren't problems. It just means you'll never know about them. The, the worst marriage in the, in the world is two selfish people in a marriage. The greatest marriage is two servants in love. And I'm not happy till you're happy. And here's the, here's the kingpin question in marriage. Are you okay? Are you okay? An honest question to your spouse that says, are you okay? I would have never asked Karen that question early in our marriage because she would have answered it. <laughs> And I was terrified of, I asked her that question regularly. She asked me. I said, are you okay? And here's what that means. If you're not, I'll, I'll crawl through cut glass to make you okay. Because the number one thing I do in life is serve Jesus. The second thing I do in life is serve you. I, I want you to know You were made to love. God is such an intimate God. Jesus prayed in John 17 that we would be one with him and be one with each other. One. It's such a profound intimacy that we were born to have, that we were created to have, that the word for it is one. Indistinguishable from one another. We're so integrated into each other in a healthy way. You were created by love to love. You were created by one to be one. That's who you are. And all that we experience in life, all of our ignorance and all of our hurts that stand against that, thank God those things are on the outside, not the inside. But what's inside is God. And when you look at these issues and you go through these issues, and you're just honest, sit down and talk about them, pray about them. Things don't happen instantly, but the process begins instantly. You can make it in marriage. You have a 100% chance of success in marriage when you do it God's way. Doesn't matter what your past is about, your future is about God.
Well, I hope you're enjoying this program. It is on becoming one. It's on being intimate and becoming, you know, one heart and one soul and one flesh. And so, you know, Karen, we have some questions from our viewers. And I want to begin by, by uh, reading this question. This is for you. And this lady writes and says, Karen, my husband doesn't focus on our marriage like he used to. How can I get his heart to turn back to our relationship? I think there are millions <laughs> of women watching right now. Mm -hmm. And that's what they would say to you. What, what, how, well, what you I think the uh, reason that a lot of women would say that is because sometimes we get in a rut in our marriages mm -hmm. and we just do our daily routine, same old thing, in yeah. and out. You need to start having children. You know, and so the things that we used to do when we were first married or dating, you know, they become kind of get closer and closer backed away or backed off and, and little things start coming before our marriage. You know, before you know it, you're like two different people living in the same house. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I know she, she said, you know, he's not focused on our marriage. Um, but, you know, I take it a step closer and say, is he focused on you? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, uh, I think that that's the thing that you have to guard in a marriage is just making sure that each other, that we keep the focus of you and me. Absolutely. Uh, the priority of yeah. everything that goes on in the home. Yeah. And it's work. I mean, it takes a sacrifice somewhere else that you've got to say no to, to make that come back to. And so, um, or come back to that position that you want. And so for her, you know, I, you know, I can't talk to your husband, but I can talk to you. And so, you know, let's just go down the line of what you did before that he was attracted to you about. You know, was it how you presented yourself? Is it how you talked? Was there something that you two shared together? Was there something that um, uh, he just always loved about you and now he hates about you? I mean, you know, kind of take a step back and start doing the evaluation right. of, you know, what have you done to change? And if that hasn't been true, then the only thing else I can say at this point is you might need to consider counseling and then start really praying, praying for the Lord to give you wisdom. You know, how can I bring him back into this? You know, what's going on in his heart that maybe you need to be praying about for him? That, um, you know, the enemy wants to destroy us. I mean, he doesn't want us to be married. You know, there's no marriage that he wants to be successful. So you're going to be attacked in your marriage somehow. And, he, and the enemy knows how to get into your marriage. So, you know, consider, you know, is, is this an attack that he he's doing on my husband? Is the enemy attacking or finding a way to get to my husband? And do you just need to war for him? Or is this something that's just a simple thing of communication? You know, honey, have I said or done something that's hurt your feelings in the past? You know, are, are we just, you know, is, is there something else I can do to help, you know, you feel more connected in this marriage? Are you too focused on the kids? There's so many things that we could talk about, you know, but don't be discouraged because we all go through these things, all of us. And it's, it's just a normal part of the a growth of your marriage. That's a, that's a perfect response, Karen. Mm -hmm. and, and I want to say from a male perspective, we don't need what you need. Mm -hmm, exactly. And she <laughs> says, my husband's heart is turned away from marriage. Well, you're, a man needs honor, mm -hmm. okay? And when a man feels disrespected, it's like a force field to him mm -hmm. that it's hard for him to come <laughs> into it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard for us to come into an environment where we feel disrespected. Mm -hmm. We need sex, that's mm -hmm. a big need. But another thing is friendship. Mm -hmm. You know, I, we want our wives to be our buddy, not our mother. Exactly. You start mothering us, we're out of here. I'm not talking about leave, divorce. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm going to the other room and mm -hmm. I'm going to watch, you know, boxing or something. But but I don't want to be mothered. You know, I had I had a mother and mm -hmm. I don't want another one. I, so, and it's you know, easy to get caught up in the mother hole. Yeah. It's I want, easy. I want a buddy. And there was a, I was watching a preacher on TV one day and he was talking about a couple in their congregation. His heart had turned away. Mm -hmm. She was a, a wise woman fighting for their marriage, 
And so the question was, my husband's heart's not here. How do I get it back? Mm-hmm. She went hunting with him. Mm-hmm. And true. it healed their marriage. Exactly. And the, the pastor was saying, she came to her husband and said, honey, I know you love to hunt. She didn't hunt. Mm-hmm. And she said, I want to go hunting with you. Your husband, you, you, what will be happening is you'll go into your husband's world and you'll be sitting there having fun with him and you're just sitting there having fun. The next thing you know, he'll open up to you. Exactly. And that. the things he hasn't said to you in a year, he'll mm-hmm. begin to say, because now you're his friend and mm-hmm. I, I trust my friends. So, and, and we don't want to talk to the wives and like the men don't have issues. The men <laughs> have big mega issues. But but I'm saying, I'm saying that your your response, Karen, was exactly right. And that you went back, your, when you were answering the question, you went back and said, remember the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect answer. Mm-hmm. Because there, what, what attracted him to you mm-hmm. and what are you doing different now mm-hmm. than you were then? And that, that's it. Yeah. That's the answer. That's good. So we, we hope that that is, that that is a helpful, because I, I, I totally agree with everything Karen said. And let me say, my heart was not in our marriage. And this woman right here, she, she not only prayed me back in the spiritual sense, which is a big deal, she loved me back. She came into my world turned my head around, turned my heart around, and that's why we're married today. Listen, if we can be married, anybody can be married. (laughs) It's it's the truth. This is Brent Evans with Marriage Today, and I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out marriagetoday.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, videos, articles, and live events.